Welcome back. I'm Kim Munson. We are dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree? Let's have a conversation. And uh, Susan Kochevar is in studio, owner of the 88 Drive-In Theater. Uh, Before we jump in on that, Bob from Michigan said, and you're going to love this, he said, the dirty little secret, he texted me, lower payroll taxes means revenue to the government will grow. So a little laugher curve there for you. He's right about that. Absolutely. He's absolutely right. And uh, businesses take in more money and pay more sales tax and on and on. Absolutely. So, yes, as the economy, as the pie gets bigger, and that's the problem with the progressive... The regressive, uh, radical um, politicians, bureaucrats, and interested parties—they they believe that the pie is finite. They don't—they don't understand that the creativity of the mind, uh, what can happen, so the pie can get bigger and bigger in a free society. And when the pie gets bigger, the revenues go up. Right, lifts all boats. It. So their only answer is raising taxes. The Denver City Council now, they have their first outed socialist, and their answer to everything is tons of taxes. Congress, the Democrats, everything is always, let's raise taxes. And, uh, you know, the other thing that they don't don't uh, take into account, I think that they think the economy is static. So we have, you know, business person out here, they're, you know, doing this kind of a business, and if we raise taxes, government's going to get more you know, more revenue from mm-hmm. that. But people have to make adjustments. They do. So if they raise taxes like the payroll tax, you have to make adjustments on maybe how many people you hire, you know, maybe how many hours people work. You probably, I have to tell, I, I hope it's okay to tell this. But, uh, you know, we came out to 88 Drive-In Theater last week. And actually, Steve and Patty and I thought we were going to need to work work more, but you have such a team of great young people. But when we drove up, we met you. You were the owner, and you were coming out of the ladies' room with a bucket <laughs> and a brush yep. and, uh, and uh, cleaning, cleaning the, the ladies' room. And it was spick and span, and it just made me laugh a little bit because, you know, that's what you do sometimes when you're the owner. But that's also something that ha- happens with small businesses is that when these fees and, and taxes go up, you end up maybe not hiring somebody to do a job that would make your life easier, you end up working more. Yeah, I end up working more, and I end up figuring out ways to not need so many employees. We made some changes this year, so I wouldn't have so to hire so many because we are facing minimum wage. And I have a few plans next Min- year. Forced minimum wage. Forced yes. minimum wage, yes. And next year it goes up another 90 cents. So I'm making more plans to uh, put some customer service things and so customers can serve themselves instead of having so much staff. And, and, but you love your staff, and you teach your staff. I do love them. But government is forcing you, because of their force, to have to make some choices. But let's go to this piece about data. I hadn't really thought so much about data. And, and the question at the beginning of the article, Wall Street Journal, and it was written, let's see, by, well, I can't even try. <laughs> yeah, yeah, somebody from India. Yeah, um, and he, the lead is more data makes for better economic policy, Right. Lessons from 20th century India and Hong Kong suggest the opposite is true. And this really resonated with you, Susan. It did. You know, I remember years ago listening to, I think it was a debate about the census and certain questions. And uh, I always thought kind of in the back of my mind, you know, we collect all this data. It takes a lot of time. And if you don't do it correctly, the government will punish you, actually, for not collecting the data properly and sending all this stuff in. We can collect all this stuff, but should we? Is that really a good idea. I don't think so. But I 
I couldn't really articulate why exactly. And so I just sort of, uh, that was always just back there. And then I read this article and I nearly fell off my chair. Somebody else had the same idea. And this particular fellow uh, was, you know, Hong Kong used to be a territory of Great Britain. And this person, very long name, Sir John Cowperthwaite, I think I'm Mm -hmm. saying that correctly. He uh, ran Hong Kong from 1961 to 1971, it looks like. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that he did was he said, the government is not going to collect any data. Because as soon as they start collecting that data, they start thinking they can control things. And they can't. We know government cannot control the market. And uh, yes, that's exactly the problem. And so we were just talking about air quality control a minute ago. And what happened to the data that the government collected? It started manipulating the data itself for a certain outcome, saying, oh, well, we're not going to count the fires as uh, pollution or discount that, however that worked, for their own goals. And that's exactly what happens. You know, that that is so key, what you just said, is they take data and they use data, the, the, the data they want, they discount the data they don't want so that they can get to an outcome that they can force upon everyday people. And who are the voices for everyday people? You know, you and I have both gone down to the uh, the state house. You've actually stepped up to run for state house, and bless you. Thank you so much for doing that. But we go down there, and it can take hours. Mm-hmm. It, you take time away from your work. It takes time to to actually learn these issues. And then there can be strategies. If, in fact, uh, for example, I went down for the forced uh, vaccination bill, mm-hmm. and um, Lois Court, I think, was the she's the Democrat that was chair of that committee, then she could manipulate who could talk and who couldn't. So there were 500 people that had signed up to, uh, to testify against mm-hmm. forced vaccinations, and there were only 30 that had signed up in favor of that, and many of them were industry experts. So they're being paid yes. somehow to, to be there. The everyday person isn't. Mm-hmm. And so then you can see how the, the, they can manipulate the hearing. So that uh, And so what happened? She said that, okay, we only have a certain amount of time, so this side gets an hour, two hours, and this side gets two hours. And they're like, wait a minute, we have a whole bunch more people that want to speak. Yeah. But you can see how that can be, be manipulated. Oh, manipulated terribly. That's one of the reasons why... Uh, Leroy Garcia, whose district is down in Pueblo, is uh, they're considering recalling him because we had a terrible snowstorm and he went ahead and ran bills through that day, even though half the legislature and certainly none of the citizens could get down to the Capitol to testify. Or even during some of the gun bills we've seen where they hold testimony at night, clear it all, you know, one, two, three o'clock in the morning. People have families, they have lives, and there are so many bills that get passed through that legislature. You can't possibly pay attention to all of them even though they affect everyone dramatically and i actually think it's by design uh you're seeing these bills that are they appear very complicated uh and there may be not just one on that issue but then others you may fight this one but it may another one may come in the back door uh which i I think this kind of brings us back to data i I could even mention regarding the forced vaccination bill there was a whole bunch of data collection on that Mm -hmm. on families and children and uh, well, you know what? Let's go to break, and we'll see if I, I want to talk a little bit about due process then 
Do you think, I mean, I think that it actually is related to data as well. Sure. Okay, so we'll go to break. This is Kim Munson. Susan Kochevar, owner of the 88 Drive-In Theater, is uh, in studio, and uh, uh, we'll be right back. Jazz to have Susan Kochevar in studio with me. Uh, she's the owner of the 88 Drive-In Theater, and we got to go out last week. We thought we were going to have to work. We didn't really have to work, but it was really great to meet all the kids and uh, see your clients. It was really fun. And, Steve, I know you were ready to work. Well, you thought you were going to supervise is what you thought. I had my apron, if you saw. I did. <laughs> I did see that. Mm. But uh, we're talking about data, and you had an interesting uh, for, I- insight uh, during break. What is that, Steve? Well, you guys were talking about, you know, the data that is collected and then how it can be used against, you know, for and against. And I'm just thinking one of the most, you know, in-your-face examples of that is modern-day polling. Well, polls say this, or we see that uh, the, the top four candidates, uh, Democratic candidates, can beat Trump, according to our polling. And that's all they say. We don't tell you where the polls are taken. Mm-hmm. We don't tell you anything else about it. We just want to... Put that little ditty out there to put a seed in your mind. Oh, okay. Well, you know, well, the polls say it's like that's baloney. Mm, well, a lot of it is, and I'd mentioned due process, and I think I'm gonna. I think that would be going down a different path than what we really want to make sure that we we hit. And in this piece in the Wall Street Journal, we'll do that a different day. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, he, uh, the author says, without data, busybody bureaucrats had no way of justifying interference in the economy, and you wanted to compare. Hong Kong and India. Yeah, so what happened in India, their first prime minister saw the Soviet Union and and all all these other communist, fascist, socialist countries collecting all this data, and he thought that was such a great idea. And so they started collecting so much data that they absolutely ground everything to a halt in India. And India is not prosperous. It's very poor. So ripping off all of that data collection off of India would be similar to ripping well you start ripping off the regulations and taxation and all that stuff and and they would would uh their economy would roar hong kong is an island it's a rock it doesn't grow anything it doesn't produce things in that way and yet it is so powerful so successful uh and it's all due to this man and his anti-data collection and i think we should start to move that direction in the United States. If you think about all of the data that's collected on all of us, I have to send in information on my kids to the state when I hire them uh, so that they can make sure that they don't have any children uh, who are not receiving, um, you know... Benefits. Benefits, yeah. Funds, um, you know, like they don't have um, child support payments and stuff like this. Um, There's so many data points and things that businesses collect and send in and then we have the census and all the collection of data that that entails it's grown exponentially and then so then they use all that data to start to control people and um, the economy and they can't do it and that's what grinds it all to a halt so ultimately yes that is and and I think you touched on this uh, with all of this data collection you have to comply Mm-hmm. And if you don't comply, then there could be penalties massive uh, f- for you as a business person. And so this will take us to Dr. Tom Cranawitter, and he's going to be on tomorrow. Uh, and he has, has made the, the uh, 
case that we're not really a free society so much anymore. We've become a compliant society. And that grinds people to a halt. And uh, that's through more the administrative state, these, yep. these uh, politicians, bureaucrats, and interested parties that have pushed rules and regulations. And I think, I think Americans, you know, we generally we want to play by the rules. We want to know what the rules are. Yep. And so we want to, quote, unquote, be compliant. Uh, but sometimes I can see that that can freeze you because you're afraid you might make a mistake. Compliant and permission-based. And not only that, but the, the, the fallacy is you can never be compliant. Uh, if you go to a sales tax uh, meeting, you'll find they'll be like, well, if you have a question, just call us. Uh, that's not clear and bright lines in terms of rules and what you're supposed to do and how you're supposed to collect the sales tax and pay it. Uh, and, and that's common with all of these uh, regulatory bodies. They're very capricious in the way they apply the rules and regulations. And it kind of depends on who you are. Picking winners and losers. Picking winners and losers, which is what... Um, this fellow talks about in this article, and that's exactly what all that data collection does. It allows the government to pick winners and losers, and everybody loses that way. Except, well, you get to the haves and the have-nots then. So yeah. like in India, you know, I think there's very poor, mm-hmm. and then there's very Cast rich. system. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, and, and so I'm, what's, what I'm thinking about, though, is in this day and age, I mean, there is so much data with our phones. Mm-hmm. And it's, I mean... There's a good good part of data collection as well, you know, with all of the information that we have. But there's a, a big scary component of that. What do we do, though, in now? You know, our young people are so um, dependent on their phones. Uh, I remember there was just recently this, uh, uh, it was some kind of face thing that you could uh, get this app and it could make you look old or something. And yeah. it turned out it was from a company in Russia and they were then, you know, had your image and that they could use that someplace else. And then if we're talking about data recognition, I mean, there's a whole bunch of danger here. What do we do oh, about yeah. this, Susan? And all that stuff can be manipulated to make it look like um, anybody, you know, put somebody in a video with their face and it made them look like they did something when they didn't. I mean, the, the dangers there are huge. And I saw the other day there was a huge security data breach So ever, with all this bio-information I don't know. We're, you know, we definitely need to stop the government from collecting all of that data. And there's another interesting phenomenon with this data collection, too. I see a lot of companies, big companies especially, using data to predict, uh, to make payroll predictions and staffing. And so you might have a big company that has, say, copy service, and they've decided they're going to use this, this data to predict how many people they should have in a store on a particular day. Well, from my perspective as a customer, that actually is hurting them because they can't see that there's something going on and they won't need as much staff or maybe they will need more staff because, um, I don't know, maybe there's going to be a big protest downtown and people are producing more signs. So you still need that person that can look to see what's going on and ha- and just kind of sometimes it's sort of intuition. I can tell when a certain movie is going to do more, so I can't use any sort of predictive data for staff. It takes a live person to figure out how much staff I'm going to need for that particular feature. So all that data collection still isn't as useful as people think it is. And it actually can be used, I think, for nefarious purposes, ultimately. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so, you know, I don't want to seem like I have a tin hat on, but I, I don't really trust the fact that that uh, the government and actually these big businesses are collecting more and more of this data and how that can be used. 
And first and foremost, though, is uh, I guess businesses technically they've never really gone out and uh, um, you know really uh, <laughs> killed a whole bunch of people like you know like. Uh, Germany did. I mean, government yeah, and like data. Governments. Yeah, and Germany was big on data, mm-hmm. and uh, they kept records about all of the things that they were doing. Who your parents were, and medical experiments, all kinds of sick things. Which you know what? I just thought of this. There was a woman that we had interviewed that she was a Holocaust survivor, and she was Catholic. And she was playing in the yard one day, and the Nazis came and knocked on her grandparents' door and said, we're here for the Jews. And they're like, we don't have any Jews here. And they had actually gone through that data and realized that I think it was like a great-grandmother had been Jewish, that they hadn't actually realized that. And so there is real danger in that. And Nazi stands for National Socialist German Workers' Party. It's important that people understand that. It was socialist. Yes. And so this whole romance with socialism... Uh, we need to push back on that narrative as well. And so data collection, it's with us, though. So what can we do? We've got just a few minutes left on this, Susan. So what should we do? Well, I think bringing awareness to it is one thing and certainly stopping the government from collecting it. I'm not so happy with some of the businesses that collect it. We see Google's been collecting it, and now they're trying to use it to influence our elections. And that whole thing has been uh, broken wide open now. But... Um, I don't know how you pull all that back now. That's well, tough. And so uh, uh, one of the things, though, when um, when uh, President Trump got into office, one of the first things that he did is he said regarding new rules and regulations, for every new rule or regulation, we need to get rid of two. And uh, I think that rules and regulations are very tied to data collection. And then we need to start to elect people that understand that government really, the, the role of government is to protect everyday people's, there's their rights, their, their, their um, inalienable rights of life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. I have to tell you, I'm frustrated with the people that get elected on both sides of the aisle that don't seem to understand that. And, you know, I don't mean to be so totally self-righteous on that because I, until I really went through Vino and Veritas, so we're going through the study of the Federalist Papers, which you, 88 Drive-In Theater was the very first uh, presenting sponsor. So yes. thank you on that. What I'm learning from Dr. Cranawitter is uh, I've always thought that the individual was important and the founders thought that as well, as well. But the idea, the American idea was to protect that person's rights to be able to go after life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. It wasn't to equalize everything. No. It was to make sure that everybody was equal under the law, no matter what their descriptor is, man, woman, black, white, gay, straight, whatever. Everybody would be equal under the law, that there would be no special rights. That's why Lady Justice has a blindfold. It doesn't matter what your position in society is, what you do, who you are, what your race is. The law is supposed to apply equally. Okay, and so on on that data, a little story. I went in, this was a few years ago, for a regular doctor's appointment, and they had all these different questions, you know, sex and so race. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, I put down human. 
Yeah. <laughs> they said, well, we're looking for something a little different, but uh, uh, okay, we'll go with that. I think that actually that didn't fit into any of the boxes that they were supposed to give on the data collection. But I thought so that much it was, data collection. I thought it uh, was important that we're all part of this human race. We need to start to come together. And this data collection is dividing us. And ultimately, this last uh, paragraph in the piece that you'd referenced, uh, the author, and it's, I think it's David Diga. Uh, he's an economist mm-hmm. specializing in public policy and economic history. He said, the vastly different experiences of Hong Kong and India remind us that less economic planning is better than more. And that having more data doesn't mean better policymaking. And I know that that just really, you know, struck a chord with you. No, the data can be wrong, too. We have all that facial recognition going on. And uh, what was it? They took a certain number of legislators in a state and ran them through their uh, facial recognition. And most of them came up falsely as a criminal. Interesting. Yeah. So bad, really bad outcomes, too, from all that data collection, especially when it's inaccurate. Okay, so we need to push back on government on doing that, and then let's start to be a little more careful what we're, we're putting yes. out there as well. So, Susan, thank you so much. Uh, great having you here, the owner of 88 Drive-In Theater. Thank you.